uh, my theory about why Marvel Cinematic Universe was successful and why property video games are going to come into their own when it comes to making television shows and movies adaptations is because what you're going to have running the studios and directing these things are people who played the games. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's what you didn't have when Super Mario Brothers was fucking made. You know, you I mean also you didn't have a lot to work with, but like at the same time you all <laughs> you also had a dickhead I always go back to the imagery that I say all the time. You had a, a, a bald guy with a cigar overweight sitting in a boardroom saying how you had fucking we... Harvey Weinstein making yeah, decisions. Yeah, Harvey he Weinstein. Mario yeah. Brothers. Oh, did he really was that Weinstein? No, oh. no, but like him but and like a guy like that. Yeah. Decisions, you you know? had a guy like that who was like, how can we get some toy revenue out of this? Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 271. I'm one of your hosts, Neo Yoshi, joined by some cool dudes. Felix Hergood. Yeah, hey, cool dudes. I'm here. Cool dude. Cool, cool dude. <laughs> Locking key. You're such a fucking dad. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> Trip Zero. That's me. Felix, you did like a, you did like a toy boat thing. Cool dude. To, like, you know, people say toy boat too fast. And it's like toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. You're like, cool dude, kill, 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 I, I have, I'm kill growing, dude. I'm growing a speech impediment. I'm worried about it. And later, <laughs> you're, later, you're later. It. It's <laughs> developing. I, sure. It's been happening in my latter years. I don't know what it is or what it's going to become, but man, it's going to get fun. That's it's a wild ride <laughs> for sure, man. Hey, Locke, I did <laughs> want to tell you, I can't, I don't think you were here last week. I'm an uncle now. I will tell you that I'm an uncle. No. Yeah. Did I tell you I'm an uncle or did you see it online? No, I think you, I think like you, I think here. You, I think you I mentioned it at the end of last week's show. No, Locke was watching last week, right? He wasn't on it. Yeah. You weren't on but it. But he was in chat. You were watching. Yeah, uh, that's what it was. Yeah, maybe it was in chat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're well, congratulations you're again, man. How, I, I, have, you, have, you, have you met? No. Have you met? No. No. This Quarantine su- and this, whatnot. This Sunday, maybe. This Sunday. Probably. You better wear a mask. The whole time. That's what I said. Don't be a, fuck, don't I be said a fucking I, schmuck. I said, I'm heading down there. She wants us down there at 11. I said... I'm coming down, mask on, masks on. So I'll be there. Mask. Put a mask on that baby, too. That baby could be a super spreader. You yeah. don't know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> you don't know, man. Super spreaders are a real problem these days. We'll find out. Um, yeah, it's awesome, man. Well, it's awesome. Well, w- welcome to the Emerging Gamer Podcast. Find us on podcast services every week and on YouTube. Uh, search that Emerging Gamer on YouTube and check us out. Uh, this week, we'll be discussing why video game movies. <laughs> What are you? <laughs> Why? That is a pretty fun topic. Um, but first, we're going to share some of the stuff we've been doing this week uh, and stuff. So, Locke, do you want to get started with this game you've been playing? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. um, I've been itching to hear more about it. I know Trip and I, pre-show, we talked about like we just installed it and literally played like the opening of the game yeah we um, somehow came to the same exact spot in the game like five minutes in and, and both collectively stopped so besides well before ex- I, before, yeah what, where did you get to in the game I'm like you curious. like they teach you how to climb the cliff and then they're like oh here's the world and i'm like cool yeah and they do like <laughs> the, the <laughs> yeah. camera pan yeah right, right okay so yeah so the game we're talking about is um genshin impact um which you may or may not have heard um 
and it exists on all major platforms at this point, um, both mobile and um, traditional gaming consoles, as well as PC. Um, and I really played it because there was a lot of hype surrounding it. It's not the type of game that I would have found myself playing um, traditionally, but there was a lot of streamers playing it, and I caught some of their streams. There was uh, some people within the community who were playing with it, playing it, and were, were recommending it. So um, since it's free to play, um, which is which is a huge win, um, free to play, you can download it on iOS and you can download it on your PC, like I did. Um, and there's no barrier to entry other than hard drive space. Um, you create a character, um, and then that character is cross-platform. Um, so right now, if I were to open up on iOS, sign in with my character, um, I could play where I left off, which is a huge win for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, mainly the fact oh, yeah. that you can't always be sitting at your PC um, or sitting at your game console, and you can you can take it on the go. Um, so I haven't played it on iOS yet. I've only played it on, on the PC. Um, and I've probably put in... Uh, I don't know about maybe like six to eight hours into it at this point. So I'm not, I'm not super ahead of you guys. Um, I'd be much further, but the type of game that it is made me want to explore every nook and cranny. Um, like even from the onset of it. So I spent a lot of time not progressing through the initial like quest, um, and spent time just exploring and gathering materials. Cause I figured I would need to use them eventually. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's a character based, um, action RPG. Um, so it starts off like a very generic Japanese RPG where it's, um, it's you and your, your, uh, brother and or sister, depending on what, what, um, what character you choose. Yeah. Yeah, What, what gender you choose. And that, that sibling gets taken and, you know, chaos ensues and now you're on the hunt to save your your brother or your sister um and that's very bare bones um and at that point it's up to you to explore the world and figure out how you can find your 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 sibling um the art style is great the soundtrack is fantastic the combat is is really good um the dialogue is surprisingly good as well. Um, some of it's a little cheesy, but I think that's just the type of game that it is. Um, very, very anime. It's very, very anime. anime. So yeah. art styles. Yeah. J- I was going to say art styles. J- JRPG. JRPG. Got it. Yep. Like it, through and through JRPG. Um, and but the combat is 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 very fun. Uh, I know it's been it's been um, compared against breath of the wild a whole lot, like a, a breath of the mm. wild light with the, the JR, you know, the, the Japanese twist on it. Um, you know, I have not played breath of the wild and I would say the only, the only comparisons I can make to breath of the wild is that it's in an open world environment and that it is a third person combat game. So there's a lot of things that I think do make it very much more Breath of the Wild than in just like a generic open world combat. And uh, we were talking about this before before the show a little bit, but it's the stamina wheel, the ability to climb like everything. And some of the first things that you do are like pick up like apples and trees and like you can like like some of the physics that I've seen, like you can burn grass and the, the grass will create an updraft like the burning grass. So that is a very like breath of the wild physics like thing that, that occurs. Sure. Um, just, and the glider, you get a glider that lets you help, helps you traverse the world um, mm-hmm. as well. Things that are like set it apart that I've seen, like mostly is probably the party system that they give you or, yeah. or when you do have extra characters and they all behave very differently. 
um they let you like and like the leveling the, the rpg mechanics are very different too can like you switch dynamically you and stuff to, to you, you switch can. dynamically through your characters all right so it's just like mm-hmm. uh so you, you meet your second character pretty early on in the game um and then you can swap back and forth between your your character and then this other character with just the number pad. Um, and it'll just go, as long as you're not in the middle of an attack, it'll switch to it. Um, and at my point right now, I have four party members. I'm going on to take on a dungeon. Um, and I've, I've picked up two party members. So this will be the first time that I'm going out with four and then taking on something a little bit more complicated than just like trash mobs out in the world. So... Um, I'm excited to see what that looks like from like a boss uh, perspective, um, because like I said, most of it's been me just exploring, um, picking up. Or if they have like puzzles and stuff, you know, like I would imagine dungeon, they do. dungeon puzzles. Yeah, I would imagine they do. Yeah. Trip, what were you going to say? Um, so there's a party aspect to this game. Is it all one character at a time and you swap it kind of like, I don't know, like Pokemon or something? There's no or there is there combined attacks, combined party members? No, it's all just individual. Uh, it's, one, it's one at a time. Yeah, and, and I think the idea is is that your your combat does um, go hand in hand, so that if you're using an attack on character one, if character two has an attack that chains against it, as long as you swap to character two and use it while the effect still lasts, it will allow you to chain. Oh, but that, okay. But, so, that, but that's like not that that second character is not standing next to you doing their own attack. Right, right, right. But you can swap that um, fast to be able to chain off of your own instant. party. Yeah, it's okay. Instant. That's interesting. Um, and it's so it's it's a little it's sometimes hard to to go back and forth. Like when I only had the two, I just found myself using my main character, right? Um, unless the second character that you get is a ranged character with a bow and arrow versus a sword. So like unless I was fighting something that was ranged, I just had my main character out. Um, it is free to play. There is of course, um, in-game um, purchasing, um that you can do all of the stuff in there for free, but of course there is a shop for you to pay to win. So the way that you get mm. characters is actually through something called wishes. Um, the wishes um, is essentially you using an, a piece of in-game currency on essentially a loot box. And that loot box will drop you something. It can drop you an item. It could drop you a weapon. It can drop you a character. Um, Everything is leveled by stars, one through five. So obviously a five-star sword is going to be better than a three-star sword, at least my initial understanding of it. Um, and the same way with your characters. So there's Five two, is greater than three. And, huh, yeah, yeah. Checks yeah, out. Yeah, checks out. Math <laughs> is checked out. Um, so there's two characters that um, everyone is currently after. Um, two five-star characters that are apparently really, really good. Um, and it's all RNG-based. So, you know, like, I, by the time I got to where I unlocked these wishes, I had, um, I think, three pieces of currency that I could use to to spend on the um, loot boxes, and I spent all three. Um, and I did get two characters, but they were not the, the two best characters. So at that point, it's now up to me to either say, okay, I'm going to continue playing the game to get this currency naturally, um, and then mm-hmm. continue to open up the loot boxes, or do I want to spend actual money to try and unlock them? Um, no. So, so it can be earned in game, and that's that's doable. But yeah, yeah it's like a, from- I guess like they pace you out, they pace it out, or whatever. Well, yeah, I don't think the characters the characters can't be unlocked in game in the sense that like you do a quest and you meet them, and now they're in your party. I, that I don't believe is the case. I believe you need to unlock them through this wish. 
system. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a chance that you, depending on how bad your RNG is, you might not unlock them ever um, unless Mm -hmm. you spend, you know, a significant amount of money. Um, And again, you know, I'm like nearing 10 hours into it. So I mean, and I've only scratched the surface on the main story. So there, there might be an opportunity where you can unlock these char- characters naturally through story progression, but that's not my understanding of it currently. Um, is there an online aspect to this game? Considering you like log into the, the whatever the game is? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, I just thought I'd ask. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me if there was, um, but I didn't see anything in the menus for it. Not that I was really looking, but... Um, hmm. I, I know everyone that's been playing it has been playing it individually. I don't know if there is a um, a multiplayer aspect to it. I've heard people talking about finding a way to link up in the game, but it's definitely uh, more like getting together with your friends to do something versus like a full-on online game. Even though people have said that it feels like playing a solo MMO experience, kind of. With the oh, way you're exploring like there, and there is a co-op you can unlock, right? You need to get to adve- you need to get to adventure rank sixteen to unlock it, and your adventure rank oh. is not your your character level. Your adventure rank happens from completing missions, uh, opening chests, defeating enemies. So, like, I think I'm at adventure rank five, um, somewhere between four and six. I can't remember exactly where I left off, um, but it says, yeah, once you unlock multiplayer, you can join other people's games or. Th- Join other people's games or three of them enter your world. One person will always be the host with everyone coming into their version of the world. You're free to run around together, exploring the map or doing most any activity out in the open world. Yeah. Damn, for a free game, this does honestly seem like a winner. Like, um, because it's not competitive, the pay to win system doesn't really matter, I guess. There's no competitive nature to it. So, yeah, I mean... You're you're essentially just rolling for like, oh, I want to get a new character or weapon, and that's fine because it'll just affect how your game it affects your gameplay experience, not other people's gameplay experience. The only issue would be is if they if they outdesigned whoever you control to start. Because beyond mm-hmm. that, if everything is, is all random through this through this uh wish system, um then you're gated by how many a week you can earn. I'm assuming there's probably like bounties or missions you can do daily or weekly to like get currency for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um one streamer yeah. was talking about doing his dailies. So he yeah, did mention yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like so, achievements. There's like a, achievements that you can do, which are ones that take, take a little bit longer. And then there are daily missions and, and things of that nature for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's fine if, they, if everything is playable with whoever you start with, but if they like, does, if they out design you, then that's the, that's the, the era where it gets a little bit fishy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I haven't noticed anything like everyone keeps telling me not to invest in my character because they're not going to be the best, which is fine. Mm. But like, I have not yet hit a point inside of the game where I felt like my character was useless and was not the best character that I currently have. Now I haven't gone into this new dungeon with the four people that I have to see what it looks like in, in action. Right. Um, But yeah, to Neo's point, I mean, this is a free to play game. (laughs) I mean, it is in, in my opinion, far more polished than some other triple a titles that i've seen come out um and the scope and scale of it would make it a triple a game um yeah. so you know it's it's not it is not a like you know mobile game that's attempting to be 
something more than it is. I mean, this is this is a PC game or a console game that just happens to also be on mobile. Um, That's the coolest part that it has this, this cool. very very interchangeable aspect to it, and crossplay is just is huge, especially for yourself to pick up and go if you want to if you're away from your like your console. Yes. Yeah. So a few a few facts about it. In the past four days, it has seen at least 17 million downloads of the game. So it, it it does seem like it's spread like wildfire. And apparently the company who was developing it like two or three years ago saw what they were making or like, or I guess after like, this is like a post breath of the wild thing, saw what they were making and decided to boost its budget by a lot just to make sure it got a better polish to, uh, for its release this year. So that definitely shows because it was just going to be a mobile game. It was just going to be like one of those, like, like a smaller, very much smaller title. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it blew up. It is also made by, in a, it's made by a Chinese company by, uh, Miho, Miho Yo is, is the name of the studio. Very cool. That's very, it's very interesting how this game like pivoted mid development. Yeah. And then it, yeah, it, seriously. It I, di- I didn't realize that it started as just that, but that makes sense given, mm-hmm. given what I've seen thus far. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely worth downloading on mobile or or um, PC. Um, is it coming to consoles? I wonder. It does. I just saw a PS4. Um, yeah, so it's Windows. So PS4 is the only console version of mm. it, um, and PS4 also happens to be the only version where you can't crossplay. So, oh shit. Sure. If you buy it on PS4, you cannot take your character across. Of course. Mm. Um, and, and they have ex- explicitly stated that that's because of Sony's rules. I was about to say, it's definitely a Sony thing. That yep. definitely. Yeah, that sounds right. That's so um, funny. So right now you can only if you play it on Android and iOS, you can only take it to um, PC. So for for three of us, we, that would be fine. Um <laughs> But even even yeah. trying it on mobile, if you wanted to, um, I, I would encourage I would encourage you to give it a shot. I don't think it's a game for Felix, um, but I do think uh, it's definitely something that Trip and Neo, I think you would at least enjoy. And, and you're um, saying that lock because of the art style, not because of the gameplay, because the way you're describing the gameplay, it sounds like I've played games like that before. Uh, it's not the art style. It's it's the anime like gotcha game. Art style RPG mechanics it's not, it's not rpg no it's like i i don't i don't see you playing a jrpg like i don't see you vibing with japanese characters and like Probably. the story that they try and they tell like you're you're a western rpg player you're not a japanese rpg player that's you pretty know? true i get really um, bogged down with when i when I, the few jrpgs i've played i get bogged down by lots of ui they seem to be UI heavy. Uh, does this game have a lot of UI? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of menu. There's a lot of items. There's a lot of menus. There's a lot of things you can upgrade and a lot of things you can do with absolutely no explanation on how to do it. Um, which again, that's that's another turnoff for some. But I, I just don't think you would vibe with like you may enjoy running around and killing things. But like at the end of the day, how long would that really last? Like, I don't I, I don't see you vibing with the story. Um, and it's not a knock on you. It's just I know what you like to play. No. Um, 
but it's definitely worth worth checking out. And I think the other reason why it's seeing a lot of success is because you have a lot of big name streamers that are playing it right now. Um, a lot have come from the Destiny community who are like really sick and tired of Destiny. Um, and they're coming to this game and are praising this game. So it's it's catching fuel um, and it's fueling the fire there. Um, and of course, the streaming community at large helps helps push this into the into the forefront, just like, you know, some of the other games we've seen. I got I got to think the reason of those those massive down numbers has to be because of the streaming community. It's yeah, how I sure. saw it and heard of it, and I saw like oh, Pokemon yeah. main playing it. And- <laughs> yeah, I mean, she yeah, she was she was the top of my Twitch chat like uh, follow list the other day playing it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I would have never heard of this game. You know what I mean? Like I, I maybe in passing I would have seen it, or but I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have like jumped into it without watching some streamers play it and hearing some reading some Twitter threads about it and uh-huh. getting uh, getting a bunch of different opinions. It, it wouldn't have been something that I would have even bothered trying. Um, and I and I think I think it also respects your time too, which is which is nice, which is a it's big important. factor. Which is I think something that Trip was going back to, which is like if you if the game outp- outpaces your character to where you feel the need to grind or feel the need to spend money, then it becomes a problem. But if you can pick it up and put it down very easily, and the next time you pick it up, you're still able to enjoy it and do the content that's there and that's available for you, then um, it can have some serious legs on it. Um, Yeah, if you're good at like um, kind of restraining yourself instead of dumping a bunch of money, like usually you can get a lot of fun out of those kind of games. Um, I feel like games like that also, like they design their games to be such a money trap, but only if someone really feels the need to do that. Um, and that's just for like a, a collector minded person or someone who was just like hyper-focused on being the best at the game. Absolutely. No matter what. Um, so it's almost like a little bit more refreshing to play a game like that and just play it for what it is and not have to worry about investing. If you don't want to, because they know they're going to make a, a, a shit ton of money. Like they know they're going to do that. And that's part of the design process, but you don't have to opt in. And it's nice that you're not feeling that pressure. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, I'd hate but to yeah. see like, like, a, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey was one of those games I like got really upset because it didn't like respect my time mm-hmm. when I was trying to play it. And uh, well, yeah, it, that's it, yeah, as a game like that um, that had no monetary buy-in, uh, it really, really, really felt bad when they forced you into buying like one ten dollar thing like someone may spend so much more money on genshin but feel like they want to do that versus someone who just goes and buys assassin's creed wanting to play assassin's creed and finding out they won't be able to play as well as someone else unless they spend like ten dollars or however much it was to get your experience bonus to a good place like that feels bad and that feels forced and ultimately like you spend less money but you feel worse about it you feel like you were taken advantage of yeah versus having yeah, a complete right. choice yeah i think um you know that's kind of the 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 like i've i was never someone to spend money on cosmetics in game or buy loot boxes or, or any of that um and the first time that i've really put a significant amount of money into a game was valorant um and that's because like i appreciated what the devs were doing i wanted to support them um and on top of the fact that they were making cool cosmetics that i actually enjoyed um and in this game i could foresee that happening too that if i fall into enough of a hole of it my justification would be that 
I should support these developers that are making this incredible game for free. Um, and let me see what I get out of it. Now, the, the difference between them is one is purely cosmetic and this one actually gives me better items to do better in my experience. But again, that's only my experience. It's not hurting others' experiences by doing that, which is which is important. Um, right. You know. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to keep messing around with it. Um, I'm excited to try it on iOS when I have the opportunity. Um, I don't know how I'll like playing it on my iPhone. I mean, the game looks gorgeous on my monitor. Um, so it might be something that I, I really only play on PC and I only go to mobile when I'm super bored, like stuck somewhere, just looking to, to fill some, some time. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's free. Good. It's free everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming yeah. it's not free on PlayStation, but I could be wrong. Okay. I'm going to check out the switch. I'm going to download it if it's free on the switch. And then I'm just going to, I don't think it's on switch right now. It said not September on 28th on the website. Oh, cool. Oh, really? There you go. Interesting. I wonder if it links. I wonder if that will be okay linking to your main account, like my PC account, because that screams good switch cross cross play right there. Um, and it is. To see if it is. It is free. It is free on PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. I just went to the PlayStation Store, so it is free there. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't go that pay far. and also get no crossplay. What a yikes! Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, but yeah, there's, and and I can already tell that there's a lot of layers to the game in terms of combat, which is also nice to kind of sink your teeth into like the, you have the mix of the, um, magic in game, like your traditional, um, air, fire, water, lightning, freeze, all that stuff and how that interacts with the environment. Like Neo was saying, um, you know, so there, there's, there's a, there's an opportunity there to, to really engage in the, in the battle system that they've created. So I, I was wrong. Uh, switches to be announced. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's free on PlayStation. You can download it on PlayStation. Yeah, it could. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. very cool. Who's next? Anyone else got anything else to share? No. Felix? I, I was just going to you- mention um, the Western, <laughs> the West. Well, it's not an RPG, but the Western style game that I'm playing. <laughs> and now for the western style game and now for the western style game uh um no i uh i uh this is only relevant to the mafia community so i'm playing mafia the the definitive i mentioned it last week but this is only Don't you hate it right Sorry. no i well yeah okay you weren't here last week for that yeah got it um okay so yes i did and now i bought the trilogy because they remastered the, the original Definitive Edition. And one of, the, one of my biggest hang-ups that I said on a previous episode of The Emerging Gamer, probably 100 episodes ago, I said, I've been burned twice in the Mafia game on the, on the fact that it's an auto-save-only game, and there is no manual save option whatsoever. It, it's weird, but I haven't been burned yet on the first Mafia in the Definitive Edition form. Um, one thing locked that I mentioned last week that you probably didn't hear because you might have been checked out this part of the show when you were in the chat. Uh, they recast the entire game, so they recast every single speaking part in the game with new modern mafia actors. And you know, I'm you might not know this about me, the people listening. I'm a huge fan of like mafia movies, mafia cinema, you know, like I, I watch all this stuff, like I watch the uh the seven hour Godfather epic, which is part one and part two in chronological order <laughs> over the course of two days, three and a half hours each day. It was great. Sheesh. 
Yeah, Martin. I could never. Um, Francis Ford Coppola. I almost said Martin Scorsese. Francis Ford Coppola in 1978 or 77, one of those two years, uh, released a miniseries on TV that people watched over the course of like a few weeks. That mm-hmm. was um, the first two Godfather movies, not three. First two in chronological order, starting with all the stuff in two that flashes back to Don Corleone, played by Robert De Niro when he was young in Sicily. So it's really cool. Um, anyway, side note. So I'm playing the Mafia game, and I mentioned last week that there's something called The Race, which is one of the hardest missions, and they kept it in the original form it was in. All I wanted to update you on is I fucking beat it. <laughs> Dude, I told you you were going to beat that I thing. Beat you're like, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. and I'm, You I, say this every single time, no matter what game it is, and then you're like, I don't know about this kind of game. I, I, I had given up on it, and I switched it to easy, and I beat it, Trip Zero, last week. At, at my status at that point was I had switched it to easy to get past it so I could continue the story, mm-hmm. but I wasn't going to let that. I wasn't going to. That was never going to happen. <laughs> that just ate at me. It was going to eat away That at was you. a tick burning in the side of my brain as I was yeah, playing of course forward. It was. And I went, okay, I got I got to start it over. Actually, I didn't start over. I went into like, you know how you can like replay missions. So I went to replay mission, replayed the race, beat it on the hardest thing. And then said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to start the whole thing over. So I started a whole save <laughs> file over and then went through oh and beat, beat it again once I knew how to do it. And now I'm about ready to finish it on Classic. But in the Mafia community, like on the Reddits and all this stuff, people are notoriously pissed that they, <laughs> that they kept this race mission in the exact status it was in. When it came out on the original OG Xbox, like told you last week, dude, the developers know too, man. They tweeted, they were like, "How'd you guys do on the Grand Prix?" Yeah, yeah. How did you you do on the race? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They know. They know what they're doing, dude. But uh, I, I, I brought it down. I beat it. I did it. There you go. I'm done. Felix, not to not to um, encourage your. your obsessive compulsiveness talk, not to not to encourage your your derails but did you know that they're that they're remaking the third yeah i can't wait <laughs> well as long I, mean, as you know. I mean most people's pers- I, i've only seen the third one one time i i don't remember liking it but mm-hmm. i don't remember why i didn't like it does anyone mm-hmm. if anyone can speak to why they don't like it Maybe that'll jog my memory, but I have no recollection of why I didn't like it. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I just found it. I found it interesting that they've decided to re to redo it and change it up. Well, a I think bit. Coppola was unhappy with the original cut, and that you know when the director of the film is unhappy with his cut, and then it gets released and forced out by the studio, like then mm-hmm. that seeps into the general audience, like understanding. You know, you can feel right. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That movie's not made well. Right. Right. Right, so I think he wants to finally do it and make it happen. I mean, that's the same fucking shit that happened with Blade Runner back in the day. You know what I mean? Sure. The, the studio forced out a version that had this weird narrative with Harrison Ford, and it never sat right with Ridley Scott. He was like, I, this movie is not my movie. This is just trash. And then he was able to get enough clout to like bring out his director's cut. And actually, right. I grew up, that was the only movie I ever watched. Like I never even had seen this like weird Harrison Ford narrated Blade Runner cut, like because I never saw it in the theater. But anyway, anyway, yeah, can't wait. Nice, nice. Well, speaking of movies, should we yeah, talk about easy, easy transition? This that week. was a great easy segue. Subway. That was a really thank good segue. You. Thank you. We're gonna pretend like we planned that. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely planned. Um, this week. Uh, it was announced the cast of the Resident Evil Origin movie that is coming out. That's the title. They're redoing it. 
No, it's just Resident Right now in quotes, it's just Resident Evil. But the creators of the movie have come out. We'll talk about the cast and all that in a moment and how we feel and what this means for video game movies. But they, this time around, they want to set it in 1998 in the beginning of Raccoon City's fall using the original cast, the original cast of Resident Evil, meaning Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, Albert, Albert Wesker. Albert Wesker, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they want to tell the story of the video game, not what we got originally when the Mila Jovovich Resident Evil came to the screen. Which was uh, 100% nothing not, like, the, nothing like game, the game. No. Except the virus. Not game. a bad that movie. Is- it's a fun movie to watch, but they sure. just like referenced the game. No, there's a and there's decided a ravenous, to take their own path. There's a ravenous fan base of all the, all those movies. Well, th- those movies took the monsters and they recreated them for the movies and the viruses. Jill Valentine was a character. Claire Redfield was a character like in these movies. Yeah. Like like all these people were familiar with, but they are not the ones that were familiar with playing these games. Like they're just completely different people. Mm-hmm. Just only in name are they the same? Yeah. So this is going to be so, the first Resident Evil to actually be an adaptation of the video game Resident Evil, not just the property with the title on it. So that's kind of exciting. But the point of the conversation we're going to have tonight is um, we feel that excitement every time as people uh, and and gamers who enjoy movies possibly, and maybe uh, a full screen adaptation of a game and a story we really really like and. Uh, nine times out of 10, probably 99 times out of a hundred, what we get in a video game movie is utter complete trash. Mm-hmm. I have a theory on why. Could I, I do too. Go. Can I, you go can first. I spiel that out and then we'll, we'll hash it out. Talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. Lay it on us. So video games originally were developed by fans of movies. Like their their job. You're going. You're you're, no, you're starting your thesis statement right now. It's it's a thesis video statement. games yeah. originally. But their their job originally <laughs> was to make a video game. That's their job. But at mm-hmm. home, they're watching movies. That's their entertainment. They're not playing sure. games. They might be playing games, but like for the most part, their entertainment. What they're not doing when they're at their job is a movie. So they get inspired by these movies, and then they take it into work, and then they start making games, right? And that's where Pitfall comes from on the old Atari. Right, guy sitting at home. He's like watching Indiana Jones. He's watching Indiana Jones in 1981 or whatever in the big on the big screen or on a VHS or whatever. And he's like, "God, we need to make something like that." Right. So he goes home, and then it becomes a thing. The problem is, is these are not original stories. They're based on tropes or or complete ripoffs of movies that already existed. You know what I mean? So so when it comes to taking an adaptation of something that's already been ripped off of something else, you know, you're getting like this. You're um, saying you're, you're, you're making like a copy of a copy. You're making of a, a copy, copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and it's degrading as, as time goes on, you know what I mean? As like, copies do as copies do. Um, so I think so that, in, that, that in some, yeah. that's the trap that, that comes with trying to make an adaptation of a video game. That's based on cliches from films. You know what I mean? In Resident Evil, the video game, and this is the trap that they could run into as well, does that. The original one from 1998 when it came out played on a lot of like classic, you know, zombie type tropes, you know, um, originally inspired by uh, George Romero, you know, Mm -hmm. like they definitely went more of a, a zombie movie, like a classic zombie movie vibe than like a video game 
vibe, a let's tell the story of the game that these people know and bring the wider world into it. They went with option A of like, let's make another zombie movie because people know and like zombie movies. We'll just put the name Resident Evil on it and uh, right. we'll shoot some guns and it'll be fine. Yeah, I would, I would argue the first real filmic take on a video game completely original would be probably Metal Gear Solid where Kojima directly is influenced by the movie industry. He says, I mean, he does it all. He says it all the time. That was his way of making a more cinematic experience in video game form. But would you, I I think, would you agree with the statement that I think Kojima himself seems to see this problem of the fact that video games are primarily uh, comprised of, of cliches of movies that people have watched. And he's like, he's like, let's make it real cinema as opposed to i would say in the 90s when he was making metal gear solid he saw that video games can be more cinematic Mm -hmm. like movies and then in turn made metal gear solid a cinematic experience like the one we got i think i think he was probably influenced video games up to today i think being the the cutscene heavy games that they are you know i I think he was probably pissed that the games at the time just didn't make him feel like he felt when he was in a cinema you know, he was he was like, God, 100%. man, they're making these things and they're putting these tropes in here that that are trying to make me believe this is like a film, but it's not like a film. It doesn't feel like that right. when I'm watching it or playing it, you know, and I think he, he reacted to that. And that's why he's become the the weird, you know, producer slash cin- cin- cinematographer that he's become, you know. Right. Um, so then we come to the problem with video game movies. So movies based off of video games. We've gotten a lot of them. A lot of them. Um, the problem I feel that they have is they're trying to make a product not for the video game, the, the fans of the of the property that they're making games for, but they're trying to make a product for it, the wide audience, everybody. So what happens is, is you end up creating something that is kind of not, it's not supporting the people who like the thing already. And it's, it's kind of not making a better product for the people who don't, aren't familiar with it. And you can you can reference the Tomb Raider movies, uh, Prince of Persia movie, the Warcraft movie, the Sonic movie. In some regard, I thought it was actually a fine movie. I actually yeah, my kind of favorite my favorite gaming movie of all time is Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Jesus yeah. Christ, love that, that movie, dude. A that, bad that, movie. But Locke, that was developed by the Final Fantasy <laughs> developers, right? Like they. They, they were involved in the production. Uh, yeah, the, the director was Hironobu Sakaguchi, who does a lot of Final Fantasy direction. But again, that movie felt like it was trying to make a product not for Final Fantasy fans or people who... or They weren't making a Final Fantasy... They weren't making a Final Fantasy movie. They weren't making something that resembled a Final Fantasy experience. Sure. In movie because, Yeah, I mean, I think it's because it's not the, it's not the same company doing it. Right. Like, like you're, you're, you're comparing this to, uh, uh, what has been a great example of this, which has been the MCU, right? Well, the only reason why the MCU was successful was one, because there were, there was utter garbage prior to the MCU, but then also because those, sure. You can argue that blade's good. Um, I liked it. I, I enjoyed blade, but I wouldn't, you can't, they're not even, it, that's like a that's like a film student's version of a superhero movie, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Like you can't, you can't. It's not there yet. It will be soon, which will be great to see a new blade. Yeah, I can't anyway, wait. Yeah. Anyway, like it's because the property is going into somebody else's hands, 
right? Whether that be a completely different studio, a completely different production company, right? And they're trying to then make something like Neo is saying that is going to hit a wider audience. It's not like the game developer them, themselves are then turning around and creating a movie similar to what Marvel is doing, right? You have this team of people that is surrounded by this IP that lives and breathes this IP and then creates a product that does the fans justice and does the exposure justice. And that's just because everything is disjointed. You have movie companies that are simply trying to capitalize on IP um, as a means to try and make more money. Sell fucking toys. Um, Correct. Correct. And um, if it was coming from the developers themselves or, you know, um, whomever um, is close to the project, I think we would see something a little bit different than than what we've seen in the past. And Locke, that's why I'm super optimistic about the, the Last of Us TV show adaptation, because it's being produced mm-hmm. by Druckmann. I mean, he's he's got right. his fucking fingers in it, you know? Right. So. And what what is the what uh what's the backstory on the Uncharted film with what's his face? Is that does Sony have their hands in that at I mean, all or no? Sony has their hands in that. Well, it's I a, don't it's know a Sony truck. production. You know, that's why right. Tom uh Holland is the lead, you know? So mm, like true. And, true. And they made the, the the funny thing about Uncharted when you when you talk about how hard or or simple it's going to be to ad- adapt it, they approached the production of that very cinematically. Like the whole thing plays like a movie. True. Um, True. You know what I mean? You just have to make sure you capture it similarly in terms of like the, the, the feel of like being hands on with the the scenario. I think, I think with uh, uncharted, you know, that the thing that's most iconic to me is when the train goes off the cliff and he has to climb the train. Somehow they have to make the, I think they have to make the audience watching feel like they're climbing the train with him. It's scenarios like that, you know? Sure, sure. What were you going to say, Tripp? Um, what I have up right here is a, a list of 43 video game movies. And I dropped this into uh, one of our chats. Uh, so you guys take a look at this, too. Uh, the worst movie, Alone in the Dark, 2005. Didn't even know one, 1% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the best movie, Angry Birds 2. From 2019, 73%, which I've heard is great for kids, and everyone just absolutely loves that shit. Um, but I'm seeing a pattern here as, I, as I'm as i scrolling through these games, a pattern of, of Hollywood making video game movies. And it's pretty interesting because in the uh, the early days of video game movies, like the, the period of time up, up through the 90s, we'll call this, it seemed like they really tried to take the video games literally. And just make movie versions of them. You know, we had the Super Mario Brothers movie, which uh, was pretty literal, even though being in like a modern New York setting. You had Mortal Kombat, literally like Mortal Kombat movies, because they translated, you know, the absolute best. Uh, Street Fighter. Yeah, Street Fighter. Very like literal. I never saw that. I never saw that movie. The Jean-Claude Van Damme. You've never seen Street Fighter? never saw it. Oh, it's great. I definitely was a huge fan of the Mortal Kombat. JVD, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. JVD. Then believe. there's a yeah. there's a fun little pattern in uh, in the 2000s when this is like the IP cash grab because all of these movies that I'm seeing in the 2000 something era, like not like up to 2010, right? Like 2000 something, just has the name of these movies or these games, but we know they were just entirely entirely like reboots 
uh, fresh stories had very little to do with the actual content, and we're just like trying to get people into a franchise branded. Let's get the kids in as, there, a, man. as a game franchise. How can we get the kids and in then there? get that IP? Get that IP. as we get closer. This like third phase is uh, oh yeah, Doom two thousand and five. Just that literally slap mm-hmm. a name on a shooter movie, you know. Uh, but then this third phase is like, let's give gamers, let's try to give gamers what they want. Let's give them actual characters, actual settings, actual like depth. And this was the era of like the gritty reboot, which we're still kind of involved in, you know? So like a lot of these were still flops, but they tried a little bit harder what to were, like do the game thing. What, like, what uh, were some examples in there? Uh, Assassin's Warcraft. Creed. Assassin's Creed is one of them. Assassin's Creed is in that, that realm right still a bad movie but they tried to like do the thing that you did in the game you know remember one of the plots of assassin's creed was uh desmond like learned his abilities because like he was getting muscle memory by playing this the, the, they had, the bleed uh, effect they had michael yeah they had michael fassbender in like this harness that threw him around a room physically when he was in this vr rig mm-hmm. and that is their like plot idea to give him the skills in real life so like in this era of movies they were trying to like make the game mechanics palpable to audiences and still really failed most of the time but it's like an interesting it pattern to look at at how they produce these stories and write these and try to add it, uh, adapt them to the screen two movies i want to shout out recent movies which i thought were actually pretty good is the tomb raider reboot from 2018 because they directly tried to channel the reboot game from from tomb raider in that no, i, had I a thought lot. it was okay you thought it was okay i fucking hated it <laughs> <laughs> it, it completely fell apart but so, toward the then end there's, yeah. it was real bad then detective pikachu which i think honestly probably i heard that was real good detective pikachu slept it was good because what they did in that movie was is they pretty much created a character living in the world of pokemon you already know what pokemon is they didn't have to do this whole let's send our main character to a, a crazy wacky world where Pokemon exists, it's just part of their life, and you just accept it when the movie starts. And then they have Ryan Reynolds carrying the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's like, like it's al- like it's an alternate dimension that that it's that's not, like it's, our it's world. Just, it just happens to have Pokemon in it. Correct. Oh, correct. But then you got movies like like I explained this to you guys and were in the chat earlier when we were pre-showing it. Um, then you got movies like uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, which. And the monster upcoming Monster Hunter movies plot, which is going to do something that I I don't like, uh, uh, old trope that they used to do in old sci-fi movies, where they take your main character and they they take what's normal and then they put him in a unnormal situation or or an abnormal world, like uh, yeah, like a lion, the witch in the wardrobe, fish, or fish out of water. Sonic. That's yeah, just fish out of water. That's, that's plot writing one one though. Like every so, every protagonist goes through, whether it's literal in the movie or so, or just metaphorical. Like they're they get put somewhere where they have to adapt and change and, and grow. Right. And, but I know I know what you're saying. Like people right. literally being sent to like a magical different place. Trip. So they're making a monster hunter movie, and they're literally taking Mila Jovovich. She's back in these movies, and she's in a, on, a, on like a marine pl- uh, platoon. And they get sent to the world of Monster Hunter. And they're now fish out of water in this world. Instead of just making a movie about people who live in the Monster Hunter world who have to deal with these giant monsters, they're just they're they're doing the thing again where they're taking a fish out of water and putting well, them. Well they do that because this, it's, it's um it connects the audience to the Yeah, it's, it's a writing crutch because as the characters learn, that's an easy way to just give exposition to the audience. And then they just get caught right, right up along with it. You don't have to spend any time getting people used to 
a different world where things are normal. That's but not I mean, there are ways to do oh, this. Right. It's Pokemon. Pokemon didn't yeah. need to do that. No, right? yeah, there's there. It's that an easy way out, not the only yeah, way think, to do it. I think the difference is is you're you can't compare the two franchises. Everyone knows Pokemon because it was a '90s like fandom, Phenomenon. right? Like so, Monster Hunter. It doesn't give them an excuse for lazy writing, but again, this goes to a company trying to make as much money they can by broadening the audience. Well, the best way to broaden the audience is to say, okay, here's this person being thrusted into the world, learn the world with this person versus to your point, right. the ride alongside of things, which works for something like Pokemon, but would never, would never work in the sense for monster hunter. If you're trying to widen the gap of who you want to view your movie. Um, right. Funny enough, both this resident evil news and the monster hunter trailer that dropped today, both Capcom properties. I just thought that was pretty funny too. Um, sorry, Felix, what's up? Oh, I was just going to say the first off the the plot of the Monster Hunter movie seems like the pot, plot of Predators, the movie, because <laughs> that's a bunch sure. of a bunch of soldiers get dumped into a weird world full of like shit trying to kill them. Um, no, but uh, yeah. Trip, you saw the Detective Pikachu. I did. Yeah. Hey, how much? How analogous was that to Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Have you ever seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, um, oh, of course. It, are those two analogous? Like, remember no. in, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? It's like the world just—it's ex- just a world that accepts that cartoons really exist, like in the world with them. Yeah, yeah but the main character, the police officer, the detective, whoever he was, he got put into that world and had to get used to it. In Detective Pikachu, it's just a world with Pokemon. You know, the, the main character never goes through this uh, uh, adaptive period where they're like, oh, this is weird now that everyone is using these creatures in their everyday no, lives no, and they're just around. No, in the, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Toontown is just a city that's in the United States. It's, yeah, that's it's just, just it's just, just their world. It's just full of yeah, cartoons. But he's, but he's not used to it. No, no he is. Yeah, he is. The detective he, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit is used is to Toons. Well, then, okay, yeah, okay. then it's been a very long time. Oh, yeah, since but, yeah no. The Toontown is just a pl- scenes like, of him, yeah. just like you know. Actually, it's a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a weird like. It's a. I think it's an analogy for racism. Like the Toons are like because there's a <laughs> oh, lot yeah, of prejudice toward the Toons. Yeah. yeah. But I was yeah, just wondering yeah. structurally. I was wondering yeah, if the detective. Now that I think about it, holy shit! Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. I didn't think about that until now. Wow. Rewatch it, man. It's crazy. <laughs> but, I, I think it's a, it's a great movie. Yeah, I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Movies. But with with the news of this this new Resident Evil movie and them like promising to stick to the storyline of Resident Evil, do you think that's like that could be a good thing, or will you get bored by watching the story play out with these actors? Like, is that something that you you would want to see, or do you think that the wider audience would accept? Because I, I think the Resident Evil story is interesting, like bro- like generally a good story uh, trip. Yeah, I mean, most of the time these stories are very well written, and we as fans of these you know series, whatever they are, we want them to be movies because it's more easily digestible for the average person than a video game. Like a video game is is you know usually like a double digit hour commitment to experience a story. Movies are are, are a two hour time frame, and people understand how stories are told in movies. So uh, I think the the desire for a good video game movie is so that we can share the stories we like with people that don't game. Right. Or to get more fans, you know, in general around these very, very cool stories. And then we get disappointed when they get kind of ripped up and repieced because a Hollywood writer who isn't, you know, isn't both a writer and a player of the game 
goes, oh, this doesn't make any sense. We we can't do this in two hours. We have to change these things to make it work for the plot. And, and I know how to write a movie and all that stuff. And then that's why there's just such a bad taste left in our mouths after a lot of these movies. And they just end up being bad. Um, so I think that if uh, there's more emphasis being put onto creating a story that A, is the actual story from the game, uh, and B, is told in a way that fits the time frame of the movie, then that's that's the gold standard, right? I don't think it's been done yet, really, but that could be it. You know, the problem with like uh, a a game like Metal Gear Solid, which we've played and, you know, we all know it's like watching a movie. It, it's true, but it's like watching a 10 hour movie. And that's the problem. Right. And, and if you end up cutting things out of there to make it, you know, more like a movie, then you lose crucial moments and plot. And just it's For it's sure. an insanely hard tightrope to walk. But um, look, I, I am endlessly optimistic about stuff like this especially when people come in saying we want to do this vision and that vision aligns with the thing that we want so look I'll, i'm willing to give it a shot i literally can't lose it either sucks or it doesn't so i'm, Sorry, I'll say I'm more excited about resident evil currently than i am monster hunter that is well, yeah that's sure. that's yeah. for sure felix i'm well, oh, sorry well felix, i was um, i was just gonna say that i think that the um when you're talking about monster hunter and you're talking about Resident Evil, I think you're talking about two entirely different games in, in, yes. in, in terms of the mm-hmm. caliber of adaptation. Like, I mm-hmm. think Resident Evil kind of plays like it is a movie, and in, in it's like kind of a one-shot. That's why I end up, you, when you play through it, you play through it multiple times as opposed to it one playthrough, and then, you know, that takes a long time. You know what I mean? I think Monster Hunter is more like a one playthrough that takes a long time type thing, and that's going to be way harder to adapt and give players who are watching the movie the same feeling that they get or something similar to what they get when they play the game same with assassin's creed assassin's creed and red dead and like all these games that are really long are interstitial video games you have really long segments you know that are that are spread apart between mammoth times of where you're just playing in an open world right so i think with games like that the better adaptation medium would be television not mm-hmm. film, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, but I think Resident I, Evil could adapt to film, no problem. Go ahead, Locke. I, I would, I would, uh, you literally said everything I was about to say. But the only thing that I would expand upon a little bit is I would argue that TV would also be stretching it. Like, I don't know if Monster Hunter is ready to be adapted to anything else besides a video game. Oh, I see. Yeah, and, and, and then that's true too. He yeah. has no story, that's I like think, a problem. Yeah. yeah, I think the TV makes more sense because you have more space to create. You have more length of time to create. Um, you know, Resident Evil legitimately is a movie script already. They just need to follow the source <laughs> material and not follow the others. Because there were legitimate, yeah, like there were legitimate um, jump scare parts in that original game that made me jump out of my seat. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. Like they don't have to do much um, in order to make it a, a, a pretty good movie. You know, I think the route they, they took at the time was because of what people were already enjoying with movies, which was this like zombie monster flick, right? So they just took the IP, they capitalized on that, and they created something that was pretty successful in its own right. I think that was my, probably my a decision th- someone made my, somewhere. But My theory of the original Resident Evil movie was... Matrix was very popular with its actions, so the Mila Jovovich character is essentially that 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 Neo character. Mm. A, a lot of a lot of movies did that at the time. I don't know if you guys 
like after the matrix came out like everybody tried to be the matrix for like a, a lot while. of slow-mo action shots and stuff like that yeah it was a, a lot of yeah, a lot big, of high martial arts scenes yeah yep. like yeah Emil Jovich uh, was essentially that in the first movie which she was she certainly was yeah that's yeah really the infamous cool. hallway scene we all know that yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah i, th- I think it, it comes down to and that's why like i'm hopeful for uncharted like uncharted it, it is it's going to be real hard to fuck up uncharted like i'm mm-hmm. sorry like if it's bad that means that someone somewhere wasn't fucking wasn't paying attention they fell asleep on the job somewhere multiple people because mm-hmm. like you just need to make a likable character right you need to have a you ha- need to make a nathan drake that that people like watching and then you need to throw a bunch of action in it to your point where you get that adrenaline rush of running up the train and you throw like the most basic fucking like story Indiana Jones plot. like it's just yeah, right. right there's not much to just indiana jones um, like, in exactly game. exactly yeah. so that one i'm hopeful for um and i think it would be good and even if it is like a rehash of indiana jones you know i think it's it's with a new character so is the fucking mummy I mean, the mummy was just Indiana Jones with mummies. So it was, yeah, but that was <laughs> National Treasure, dude. Everybody National Treasure, Brandon, 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 National Treasure was definitely fucking yeah, Indiana can't fuck Jones. With Cage, dude. Yeah, I love those movies. Yeah. I love them but, all. Yeah, but but, but but yes, I guess that 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 just furthers my point that like the the trope can be the same, but if they create if they have a protagonist that everybody likes and they the skin of the movie, the shell of the movie has enough action, has enough comedy, has enough melodrama. It's going to be a successful uh, blockbuster movie. And that's all this ever will be, right? We're not talking about like a serious piece of film. Um, mm. So hopefully they don't fuck it up because I, I certainly would love to, to, to see a good uncharted movie. Um, but I, I think it really comes down to what IP they're picking and then what they're then doing with that IP. Like to your point earlier, Metal Gear could never be a movie. Metal Gear could make a great HBO show. Yep. Yeah. But if they there, have to there is one, there is one in development. There's right. a director so, who is currently working on it. Right. Because you can give, you can give 10 hours, right? You can give the audience 10 hours worth of stuff. Um, the, director, um, so. the director for the Metal Gear movie is actually he's been very vocal on Twitter about how much he wants to hold the material to Kojima's standard. Like he wants to make sure whatever he makes, his name is Jordan Vote Roberts, I believe. And he wants to make it as, as close to the source material as possible and not try and lose that sense that of world that, that Kojima created, which I I hope he pulls it off. Like it's not. Yeah, right I mean. Not an easy feat. What, no, what I mean, and, and, and it's not about. even, it, it's not really up to him. Like, that's the other thing. He can say that all he wants. Right. Like, he's got a boss. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's yeah. got an answer to a production off, company. Right. Yeah. right. yeah. So, like, they, they could watch some cuts and be like, no, I hate it. Make it more accessible. It could be right. a shit script. It's, you know, there you go. The whole dance. This is going back forever. We just talked about it earlier with um, Blade Runner, right? Like, Ridley Scott had a vision. And they said, no, you're not going to fucking put that movie in the theaters, make a theatrical cut. And that's the version that everybody saw until a director's cut came out. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all well and good that he's saying this. It's more so if the studio um, or, or the company behind it wants to actually allow that vision to happen, which hopefully it does. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think a true to Kojima metal gear property for film or TV would be amazing. It would be great. Um, it could be. Yeah. So the guy who is directing this definitely looks like he's younger than me, way younger than me. So I have a very strong feeling 
Um, my theory about why Marvel Cinematic Universe was successful and why property video games are going to come into their own when it comes to making television shows and movies adaptations is because what you're going to have running the studios and directing these things are people who played the games. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's what you didn't have when Super Mario Brothers was fucking made. You know, you, I mean, also you didn't have a lot to work with, but like at the same time, you all, <laughs> you also had a dickhead. I always go back to the imagery that I say all the time. You had a, a, a bald guy with a cigar overweight sitting in a boardroom saying, how you had fucking we, Harvey Weinstein making yeah, decisions. Yeah. Harvey Wein- Mario yeah. Brothers. Oh, did he really, was that Weinstein? No, oh. no, but like but, him, but and like a guy like, like that. Yeah. Decisions, you, you had know? a guy like that who was like, how can we get some toy revenue out of this? You know, mm-hmm. like, and that's mm-hmm. pretty much the only reason. When MCU was made, Kevin Feige was a fan. That's what he was. He had a vision because the fan had a vision from when he was a kid and when he read all the comic books. And the MCU gets made. Now you have people who played video games primarily all throughout their youth. You know, people, people Kevin Feige's age, about 10 years older than me, they weren't playing video games, but they, they've been the people up until this point have been producing this kid-friendly shit or like this comic book adaptation shit and all that this kid friendly shit but i'm saying like the the video game generation is who are you know older millennials are now getting power in hollywood and now they're going to start making video game adaptations i trust that this kid it's a good point this guy younger than me that i see in these pictures pictures on his uh fucking imdb page is probably a fan of metal gear and he's probably just going to fucking make it the way you know, definitely, he's probably going to be making phone calls every five minutes to Kojima. Jordan, Jordan Roberts, uh, the the guy, the guy you just said, the guy, the guy who's Jordan, yeah, Jordan, Jordan Vogue Roberts, Jordan. yeah, that yeah. guy. Uh, I mean, yeah. literally, he looks like he's ten years old. Fuck, that fucking guy. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a great point that you make, Felix. And I think if we go the real pragmatic route, we can uh, just remember that movies are investment opportunities for wealthy people, and uh, they want to make money off this movie. And the people that were funding these movies didn't understand the the IP or what could be. And uh, like anyone who even sells stock, like if you know what you're buying and you know how to invest, if you know what's going to make money, you'll good chance you're going to make money. So people that are that are good at making decisions now because they know the source material might make better movies for us to consume and might still make money for the people that are giving them money. So yeah. it's the perfect storm of people that are now age appropriate to make decisions like you said yeah i I definitely think the video game industry just haven't hasn't had its moment yet because it didn't have the people running the show fucking uh, being fans of the games that's the problem and now we're getting into probably an era where it's going to get much better that's Mm -hmm. what i think yeah good chance i think so too yeah i I, i'll tell you what i do like the casting of the resident evil movie um everyone they casted yeah, the cast looks good. I was just going through it. I was just reading it. Uh, I have not yeah, seen it. Felix, is that who is behind you on our broadcast? Tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, I, underscore gamer. If you don't follow us, yeah. we're live every Wednesday. You, you, people listening can't see, but I put the uh, the pictures of the actors who are playing the major roles. Um, the one that I'm most familiar with is what his name's Tom Hooper. Is that his name? Hopper. Yeah, Tom, Tom Hopper. Hopper. Tom Hopper, who's playing Albert Wesker. Uh, I he's know, I know Academy. him as yeah. fucking. He, well, he's also an umbrella, umbrella Academy, which I haven't seen. So good, so good. I know him Academy. as fucking Billy Bones in Black Sales, baby. <laughs> no, it was Billy Bones. Billy Bones, in Black Bones Sales. bro. Yeah, he's fucking great. So, uh, so I can't Chris wait for that. Redfield is being played by Robbie Amell, and that is a perfect is, look. 
I mean, I don't know if he's, he looks great. He's Stephen Amell's uh, cousin, cousin from yeah. Arrow. Yeah, and well, he also played Firestorm uh, on uh, Legends. He did, and, and, wow. and the Flash. Yeah, Tom Hopper is a great choice for Wesker. Like you put him in some sunglasses. Yeah. He, that's almost his exact like facial cut St- structure. Yeah, mm-hmm. crass. And, he, and he's really, really damn good <laughs> as, as Billy Bones. Man, I loved him. <laughs> Um, uh, Neil McDonough as William Birkin. I I, I like Neil McDonough a lot. Yeah, and, and he plays a really actor. good piece of shit in a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he really does. Man. Uh, and you know what, Joe and Claire are a real good piece of shit, man. Yeah, I think they all could. I think they could all nail it. Yeah, they could just, all. They could I'll all move really... myself out of the way. Uh, the one guy who is he's he's, he's playing um, Leon, Leon Leon Kennedy. Yeah, yeah but, he's looking good too. The guy playing Leon. Yeah. So, so do we o- think o- they're going to be like hopping around this day in 1998? Because like there was the mansion and then like that set off the incident. Right. right. Like, do, do we think because Leon's here too, are they going to be like, we get a city yeah, view, we get, we get a mansion view. We get like a, like this timeline, like accurate timeline, but just like all these incidents. Happening right. Because around. Resident, Resident Evil two is like a week later. Right. Right. It's all within the same mm-hmm. movie yeah, script. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot the exact yeah, date range between the them. But, but it could, it could also be a thing where, movie. yeah, but it could also be a thing where those characters are cast, but the, their whole story doesn't play out in the same movie. You know, like like yeah, they could be setting up a franchise. Yeah, setting up multiple movies. Well, they don't have to do it, but you as know, long as they don't Resident Evil Six series. jump the shark, I'd be I'd be. Okay I would with not. That. I would not. I don't think I would want the entire plot of Resident Evil One and Two crammed into the same movie. That would kind of suck. No, I think that would kind of suck too. Yeah. Uh, this is a bad website for the timeline. Chronologically, who's the director of this one? <laughs> Gotta, I gotta, I, I gotta see his Insta. And make, he or she's Insta and make sure they're young enough to make the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is now the new the new factor. Um, is Steve Main? The producer is named Robert Colzer. Oh, uh, J- uh, Johans Roberts. That's the director. Yeah. Probably, probably yeah. Johans. Johans yeah, Roberts. Probably Johans. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. This one doesn't have an IMDb because uh, I guess they just announced it. Oh, um, yeah, no, it does. No, he's no, done. He's a British film director that has done nothing but horror movies. Oh, that's good, right? Um, yeah, I mean, depending if you want to look at the ones that he's done and judge whether yeah, or not and, that's and a good thing. He's two years older than me. I trust it. You know what I mean? He probably was my age, you know, or two years older than me playing fucking Resident Evil when it first came out in 98. All right. Resident Evil 1, the game, took place in July 24th, 1998. Resident Evil 2 was September 29th of the same year. Wow. All right. So they can't be the same movie. But Leon, they cast in Leon, dude. What does that mean? They did. And Claire. Claire's there, too. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, maybe there's a three picture deal with three movies <laughs> and they're just telling they're telling us that these characters are going to show up, but maybe not all in the same movie. That's what I think. That's my theory. Mm. If they if they're saying they're doing mm-hmm. it right, they're not going to cram all these fucking characters into one movie. Right? No, that'd be a lot. That could be the pitfall. That could be the pitfall, that, dude. Like they, the they go so far and then 
you know, they try to jam that story in like the last 20 minutes or something. Like they do the mansion for, you know, for the majority. And they're like, oh my God, it's in the city. And then, then they just resolve that in a second. Yeah, but if that you, would, here's that would really the thing. Now, now that I'm, t- oh my God, I just played these fucking <laughs> games. So my mind is opening. <laughs> yeah, he goes back. The, the other characters go through the same mansion, right? Isn't that the same mansion? No, no. In, in, Not part, in, in part two, it's a police precinct. That's what it is. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. All right. There was a mansion in zero that was different than the mansion. When the mansion's in one. out. The mansion is out of town. Correct. It's, in the, it's like in the mountains. It's like it would be like the Poconos to Philadelphia. Right. It's like where the mansion's at. Got it. So the mansion. All right. Never mind. I guess we'll have to see. I we guess will see. We'll have to see. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. What do you think, guys? I think so too. Agreed. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Emerging Gamer Podcast. Be sure to follow us at all podcast locations of your choosing and YouTube. And if you're uh, already already subscribed, please tell friends, tell people, tell your mom, let people mm-hmm. know. You know? Tell your mom. Been, your mom. <laughs> tell your mom. UAO. Tell your friends. You can follow me at Twitter at neo underscore aoshi, twitch.tv slash neo aoshi. Just gaming. Join me if you want to play some games. That's what I'm doing? Gaming. Just gaming. Trip. Uh, I am Trip Zero. You guys can find me on Trip Zero TV on all of my socials. Very easy to find. Trip Zero TV on uh, Twitch as well. And I stream Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. We're doing Watch Dogs 2 right now, getting ready for Legion to drop. We're probably going to be mixing in some Destiny prep for Beyond Light starting pretty soon, uh, as well as some spooky games because it is spooky month. So stay tuned. It's going to be fun. Uh, I still have PT Mm. on my PlayStation. So that is going to make a uh, a rare appearance. Shit, yes. I might might plan for some uh some group uh, fun. Dude, uh, I haven't we talked about this a while yeah. ago because I have never watched or seen Ooh, anything PT I, related. Don't worry. Do you, it. Will be, you will be uh well informed mm, as to what PT is gonna happen mm, and we're gonna just mm, lose mm, our goddamn minds. Yeah I've never played yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love October. <laughs> I love it. All right. Next. Uh, yeah, this is Locke. You can find me on Twitter at Locke underscore key. Plain and simple. Follow me there. Felix. Yeah, and this is uh, Felix Hergood. Uh, Felix Hergood on Twitter. Coming back to Twitch one day. <laughs> I don't know what I'll like be playing. By like then. one day a week or like one day you'll be back? <laughs> one one day in a, in a hopeful future. Yeah, I heard the ellipses at the end of that sentence. Yeah, Just very, very long ellipses. At least five little dots, as opposed <laughs> at least to five dots. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But I'm playing Mafia and I'm playing MLB The Show and I'm playing Fallout seventy six every day and all kinds of fucking shit. So that's it. Nice. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. See ya later. To Plato, that's that's when you need to be worried that when I move off of Pickers and onto uh, the History Channel alien conspiracy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the final dad for. That's when you know Locke's a real dad. You know, that's when I've that's when I've (laughs) my evolution's complete. Yeah, kid two, maybe three into the alien conspiracy videos, just to like just totally wind down at the end of the night. That's the plan. Yeah, Yeah, that's the move, dude. That's the move. (laughs) 